Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in Revelation chapter 12 as we continue walking through the book of Revelation in this series called Things to Come. Today, we're going to talk about Satan and how the Bible exposes him for the deceiver, for the devil, for the Satan that he truly is. And then we're going to go into great detail to talk about Israel. Israel explained. We're going to answer the question in today's broadcast. Why is there such a spirit of anti-Semitism in the earth? Well, friends, Revelation chapter 12 gives us all of these answers and so much more. I'm glad you're listening today to Awaken to Grace. As always, I hope you're downloading my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. Jump on your App Store or Google Play and download it today. Well, let's get to God's Word, Revelation chapter 12, on today's episode of Awakened to Grace. I want to entitle today, Satan Exposed and Israel Explained. Let me start by saying this. You will never understand the Bible with clarity until you first understand Israel's role in the plan of God. Israel is the only people of the earth who have a recorded past as well as a recorded present as well as a recorded future. You can find that for yourself in Romans 9, 10, and 11. And you, as a student of God's Word, should be very familiar with Romans 9, 10, and 11. Because what it will do is it will shape your view, it will shape your worldview, it will shape the right perspective toward Israel and toward the Jews. Today, my challenge in interpreting this chapter with you is I want to answer one great fundamental question. Why is there a spirit of anti-Semitism in the earth? How do you explain the Adolf Hitlers and the Holocaust? How do you explain the Hamans and the Mordecais and the Queen Esthers? How do you explain the murderous King Herods? And how do you explain the Pharaoh who tried to wipe out all the Jews? How do you explain it? How do you explain this spirit that has tried to exterminate Israel, the spirit that's very prevalent throughout the Middle East and the Muslim world right now today? Why is there such a spirit of anti-Semitism? This chapter gives us the answer to that. So I want to call it Satan Exposed and Israel Explained. Now, our first interpretive challenge who in the world is this woman of verse 1 and 2? Now, people have debated this throughout the centuries. There's all kinds of thoughts on it. My goal is not to give you my opinion. My goal is not to give you headlines only and just try to you know, make everything fit. Into... No, my, day is, my, my goal is to show you 
what the Bible says, line upon line, precept upon precept. So, my friends, when we have interpretive challenges, now there are some things we're just not going to know. Like last week, the voice of the seven thunders, what did they say? We don't know. Uh, The little scroll, what is that? We don't know. Remember what we said last week? There are some things that, like Paul said, we see through a glass dimly. There are some things we're not going to know on this side of eternity, and we're not going to know it until we're on the right side of eternity. Okay? But there are many things that we can interpret, and there are many things that we can explain well, because how is the safest and the most surefire way of interpreting the Bible? With the Bible. The Bible is its own interpreter, not man. You understand? So this is actually interpreted for us in Genesis chapter 37. Remember one of our key principles when studying Revelation. There are 404 verses in Revelation, yet over 800 references back to the Old Testament. There are crazy thoughts about this. Some people believe that this is Christian science. Oh, gosh, you look into the Christian science view of this. Oh, Oh, it's such horrible false teaching. Many Protestant churches believe that this woman represents the church, which makes no sense. The church is not going to give birth to Christ. Roman Catholic churches believe that this is the Virgin Mary. I want to show you today why I believe this is Israel. Remember, how do you interpret the Bible? By using the Bible, not your logic, not your reasoning, not your beliefs, not your background, not definitely not how you feel. <laughs> you interpret the Bible with the Bible. So what is this sun and this moon and this crown of 12 stars? This is interpreted, friends, in Genesis chapter 37. You remember Joseph had two dreams, one of the sheaves and then the other of the sun, moon, and stars bowing down to him. Remember that? Jacob, his father, interprets his dream. And remember what he said. Jacob represents the sun. His wife, Rachel, represents the moon. And then the 12 stars are the 12 sons of Jacob, which is where Israel comes from, the 12 tribes of Israel. It's interpreted for us. So when John sees this great mystery... And sees this woman, and by the way, there's four women mentioned in Revelation, in Revelation, two positive, two negative. The two negative is the spirit of Jezebel found in the seven churches earlier in the book. And then later we're going to come to the harlot that has to do with Babylon. The two positive is this woman, which represents Israel. And then the church is depicted as the bride of Christ as everything is moving toward the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. So, this woman, I believe, represents Israel. It's interpreted for us, Genesis chapter 37. Now, let's continue with verse 3. Verse 3 says, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. Now, who is this dragon? Who is this seven-headed, red, vile creature John's going to tell us. There's no, there's no guesswork here. Later in the chapter, he's going to tell us this represents Satan. 
This represents the evil one. This is the devil. This is that ancient serpent. The, the Bible depicts him. Why is a red dragon? See, culture has totally messed this up. This is where this cartoon, this character of Satan being this little red, you know, guy with a pitchfork and the horn and all that. No, 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 no. Don't give in to what this culture depicts as this little guy that sits on your shoulder. No, 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 no. Why does John depict Satan this way? This speaks of his vile and his cruel nature. He's depicted as red because what did Jesus tell us about this father of lies, John 8, 44 and 45? Jesus told us he was a murderer from the very beginning. It depicts him as red because Satan is a murderer and he always has been ever since time began. It was Satan who influenced Cain to kill his brother Abel. And ever since then, friends, he is as a roaring lion prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. His agenda is to steal, kill, and to destroy. And right here, let me tell you, the word of God exposes him for who he truly is. This dragon, this vile, this cruel creature. Why is it red? Because he's a murderer and he's got a spirit of murder about him. And, and at the end, I'm going to tie it all together and I'm going to show you how the spirit of anti-Semitism is the spirit of Satan himself. Now, it says he has seven heads. What's this speak of? Now, this will feel familiar to students of the Bible, why? Because the seven heads, the ten horns, the, the diadems, all of this is shown in the book of Daniel. And next week, I cannot wait to get into next week. I can't get into it today because I'll mess it all up. But let's next week, we study for the first time in detail, in depth, the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. And we're going to lay it all out. Now, you come next Sunday because it's going to be a buffet of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. We can't get there yet. Okay. We're... So the seven heads speak of his intelligence. The diadems speak of his power and authority. Now, notice, notice the Antichrist, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. The Antichrist has crowns. Now, in our English language, we say crowns. But in the Greek, you have two types of crowns. You have Stephanos, which is where our English name Stephen comes from. You have Stephanos, which means an overcomer. And then you have the word for crown, diadem, which means ruler, authority. Christ will wear many Many diadems. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 19. Read it for yourself. But here Satan is depicted with authority, with diadems. Why? As we've explained to the series, friends, Satan is the God of this world. But what is Christ going to do? Just like Joshua 
overtook the land of Canaan? How long was Joshua's military campaign when he, when he took all of the enemies of God out of Canaan? How long was that campaign? Seven years. How many times did they march around Jericho? Seven days. How many times on that last day? Seven times. How many trumpets did they blow? Seven times. Are you picking up on the theme? How many churches are in Revelation? Seven. How many years is the tribulation period? Seven. Friends, it all ties together. Satan is the God of this world. And what the purpose of the tribulation is, Revelation eleven fifteen, is that the kingdom of this world is going to become the kingdom of our God. And he's going to take out the usurpers. And Christ is going to set up his kingdom. And as we explained last week, when the kingdom of Christ comes, every wrong is going to be made right. Amen. Let's continue. This is verse 4. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. Now, let's pause right there because this is very interesting. What did we say last week? Angels are mentioned 60 times in the book of Revelation. Godly angels. But what are these stars that his tail swept down? These are the fallen angels. These are angels that followed Satan's rebellion. Now, how many angels are there? And it amazes me. That so many Christians believe in angels but don't believe in demons. So many people believe in the things of God but don't believe in darkness and the things of the devil. Friends, can I take just a couple of moments and pastorally share with you my heart? You need to guard your home. Parents... You need to guard your children from this wicked culture. All right, Lord, help me right now. Let me put it this way. If someone listening this morning, if they open their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, if they say, Lord, I want to follow you and I invite you into my life, what do you think is going to happen? The Spirit of God's going to come. Say amen if you're with me right now. Amen. What do you think happens when you play with a Ouija board? What do you think happens when you follow a horoscope? Or you mess around with tarot cards? Or you follow a psychic? Or you do a palm reading? What do you think that is, my friend? It's witchcraft. And what you're doing, parents, hear my heart. What you're doing is you're opening your front door to the things of the devil. We should be wise. My little girl who's in Rock Alley today. I assume she's in Rock Alley. I can't see her. My little girl is eight. and She came to me and her mom yesterday. They're all about playing on our phones. If you can't reach me, it's because my kids have my phone. But she wants a new little game that one of her little friends has called Minecraft. What is Minecraft? I said, Emmy, what is that? Oh, Dad, it's 
this and this and this and this and this. Oh, oh, and there's nothing bad in it. Oh, there's, there's no bad words. There's nothing. Oh, no, no, I promise. Oh, it's a good game and it's designed for kids. I asked my device, tell me about the game Minecraft. And listen when I asked it. Is there witchcraft in Minecraft? And guess what the answer was? Yes. You can summon witches. Friends, that's witchcraft. Do you know why I want my children to hear worship songs? Because I want them to invite the Spirit of the Lord in. And do you know why I must protect them? From demonic influences? Because I want to keep those things out. That's my job as a parent. And it's your job as a parent and as grandparents. Can we say amen to that? If you believe in angels, listen. If you believe in one side of the coin, you better believe in the other side of the coin. And if you believe in God's power, you better believe in Satan's power. You believe in angels, you better believe in the demonic. You open yourself up to the things of God, you better believe you can open yourself up to the things of Satan. Be wise. Be on guard. I'm not saying be scared. I'm not saying that there's a demon in every single bush. No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying on the authority of God's word, Satan is the God of this world. And I'm telling you, he'll sink his claws into your children. And it's your job to keep him at bay. Amen. 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 Next. Continuing verse 4. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. Let, uh, let me just tag one more thing, Caleb, because I can't remember if I said this. How many angels and demons are there? We don't have an exact number, but remember what John said in Revelation 4. Uh, maybe five, I think it's five. There is myriad upon myriad of angels. Now, what does that mean? Myriad is the highest numeric value in the Greek language. And it stands for 10,000. And what John says when he says there are myriad upon myriad, thousands upon thousands, that's the Greek way of saying it's innumerable. You can't count them. <laughs> and when it says in Hebrews... That uh, angels are without number. There's so many they can't be counted. And how many fell? A third of them. So what's that mean? For every one demonic spirit, there are two angels. Amen. God has the upper hand. Amen. Continue. I'm sorry. Read, read, read the verse again. I apologize. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. Verse 5, she gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Okay. So who is this male child? We know this is Jesus Christ. Exactly. How do we know this? Because Psalm chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Christ will rule the nations with the rod of iron. When you see a rod in the scripture, it means judgment. 
Christ is going to judge the nations of the earth. When Christ breaks the seals in Revelation 6, it is Christ who is the executor of the judgments upon the earth. He's going to rule the nations with an iron rod. Now, this is very interesting. You ready to learn this morning? Say amen if you're ready to learn. There's something hidden in this scripture that I want to see if you can detect. Caleb, read that last verse for me, and I want to see if you can pick up on it. It's been a theme throughout our whole study. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Did you hear it? Oh, what is it? Oh, we're doing so good. It makes my heart so happy when I hear people say harpazo. You should, when you go to lunch today, just say harpazo. No, don't. They'll think you're part of a cult. I wouldn't do that. But, oh, it makes my heart happy. All through the book, we keep encountering this phrase. What is the Greek word for the phrase, come up here, caught up? What's the Greek word? Harpazo. And once you detect it, once you discover it, you'll find it throughout all of the Bible. Particularly revelation. What a beautiful word. Now what's he mean? The male child was born. He'll rule the nations with an iron rod. And then he was called up. Two possible meanings here. Number one, this most certainly, most likely is the ascension of Christ. Remember Christ was crucified. He was buried for three days. He rose again. And then what happened after he rose again? He spent 40 days with his followers. Acts 1, uh, verse 1, 2, and 3. He spent 40 days with his followers, teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then what happened when Christ completed that 40 days? He ascended. He was harpazoed into the clouds. And what did the two men say? Men of Galilee, why do you stand here gazing? In other words, why are you standing here open-mouthed? <laughs> the same Jesus that you see us in, he will come back again on the clouds of glory. But there's another possible meaning. Some scholars believe, and this is just, you know, interesting speculation. Who is the body of Christ? The church. Could this refer to the body of Christ? Could this be a hint in the scriptures toward the rapture? It could. But I lean more toward the ascension of Christ. I think that's a more accurate view. Okay. So, just to recap. Who is the woman? It's the nation of Israel who gave birth to Christ. See, that's why Satan hates the Jews. The Jews gave us the word of God. The Jews gave us the Lord Jesus Christ, and Satan hates them for it. That's why there's a spirit of anti-Semitism in the earth and always has been. So the woman represents Israel. This great, vile, red dragon represents Satan. The male child represents Christ who will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Next. Verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Verse 7, now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. 
So let's pause right there, Caleb. I'm going to have you read that again in just a moment. So when Scripture says that the woman fled into the wilderness. Now say amen if you're with me because I, I want you to catch this, okay? I want you to, I want you to, to, to make these links in the Scriptures because it, it, it will it, it'll pull all the pieces together to where you can see. You can see. Uh, another way of saying it, let's take the 30,000 foot view here and see God's plan. The woman flees into the wilderness. Now, what's this speaking of? Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, which we've already covered here in our series. And you can go back and listen to that if you missed it. Daniel 9, 27. At the midway point of the tribulation, this antichrist, this pseudo-Christ, the Bible says, will set up an idol in the temple for people to worship him. When this happens, the blindness that has been on Israel is going to come off and the Jews are going to see with crystal clear clarity. They are going to run from the Antichrist because what did we say? The spirit of anti-Semitism is the spirit of Satan. And they're going to run from him. They're going to flee. They're going to, they're going to run from Israel. They're going to run from Jerusalem, from Judea. And what's the time span? Three and a half years. We're going to come and and we'll tie all this up in just a moment. So understand where we are. Here are the links. Daniel 9.27 says that at the midway point of that seven years, that's three and a half years, the Antichrist will do what Jesus said in Matthew 24. He'll set up what Jesus calls the abomination of desolation. That will be the idol worship of the Antichrist. Just like when King Nebuchadnezzar made the shrine to himself of gold, and demanded worship. And what happened in the book of Daniel? Oh, oh, this is so good. Oh, I love this. What happened in the book of Daniel when King Nebuchadnezzar demanded worship? Do you remember what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? God supernaturally protected them. Friends, the book of Daniel, it is symbolic to these last days. And what will happen is the Antichrist will demand idol worship. The Jews will flee. God will supernaturally protect them. But let me ask you a question. Where is the prophet Daniel? When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his best friends, where is he when they're thrown into the fiery furnace? Why is there no mention of him? Odds are he's out of the country. Odds are he's away on business. But you know what I believe it's a picture of? The church is gone. We will not be on the earth during this time period. I think it's an incredible picture of what is to come. And just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were protected through the fiery furnace... Israel is going to be protected by God during this unbelievable time for three and a half years. Where is the place that God has prepared for them? Well, I tell you what scholars estimate. They think it's the city Petra in Jordan. If you, perhaps some of you have been to Petra. If you've never been there, look up pictures of it. It is remarkable. And many scholars believe that God will supernaturally cover the Jews and they will hide in the city of Petra. And as a matter of fact, you know, for years now, 
Christians have been purchasing Bibles and putting them in Petra in preparation for these days for these Jewish people. Now, let's look at this cosmic war in the heavenlies. Read that again, please. Verse 7. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Now let's pause right there. Now, very interesting. Uh, Again, church, while you and I live in this present age and in our flesh here, if you're going to be a serious student of God's Word, you have to understand there are things that our eyes cannot see. And here is a picture of it. This is a war taking place in the heavenlies. Do you know that the book of Numbers talks about the book of the war of the Lord, the wars of the Lord? What are those? We don't know. Remember, we see through a glass dimly. But I believe the Lord gives us a glimpse into this cosmic battle between Satan and his rival. Now, make this clear Jesus is not the rival. Of Satan. Now remember, I'm blind. I can't see you. Are you with me right now? Jesus is not the rival of Satan. Jesus is the creator of all things. Do you know who Satan's rival is? Michael, the archangel. That's his rival. And we see this cosmic war happening in the heavenlies. What a glimpse that God gives our natural eyes. He gives us this spiritual glimpse into the heavenlies, into this war. But listen, this should not shock us as students of the word. Remember when Elisha was surrounded by the Syrian army? And who was surrounding the Syrian army? Chariots of fire and angels of fire. Amen. The Bible says that as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. There is a divine protection over the people of God. Amen. Hallelujah. It should not surprise us. Remember when Daniel prayed and his prayer was delayed for three weeks, for 21 days? Why was his prayer delayed? Because Michael was warring in the heavenlies. Very interesting. And I've said it before in this series, and I say it again. Because there is a supernatural world, because there is something beyond this flesh and blood, I cannot stress it enough. Do not live for this world alone. Do not live for what you see. Do not live for this temporary. Live for what is eternal. So... Michael and his angels, what do we say? It's two to one. It's pretty good odds. Michael and his angels defeat Satan and his angels. They are cast down. Now the question is, when does this happen? Was this before the Garden of Eden or is this future tense? Which is it? 
I believe it's future tense. I believe Satan was cast down, as Scripture says, Ezekiel, I believe, 21, Isaiah 14. Satan fell as lightning from the sky in, in the past. That was before the Garden of Eden. He was cast down. But see, we know through the book of Job that he can appear before the courts of heaven and accuse us before God. He still has that access. As Scripture is going to say in one moment, he is the accuser of the brethren and he accuses us day and night. But I believe that this is at the midpoint of the tribulation. The reason I believe that is because then he knows his time is short. And I believe Revelation is in perfect chronological order here. And I believe that this is going to come. And I believe Satan will once and for all be kicked out of heaven. Once and for all. And what's John going to say in just a moment? Caleb will read it for us. We have overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. We've overcome him by the word of our testimony. And we love not our life even Unto death, and then he says, Therefore, here's the conclusion rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Friends, that's going to be us. This is after the rapture. We are around the throne of God, Revelation 4 and 5. We're watching the events, Revelation 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and up to this point, 11 and 12. And we're watching it all from the balconies of heaven. And I'm telling you, when Satan gets permanently kicked out of heaven, he says, heavens and all who in them rejoice. And we are going to shout hallelujah. And we're going to watch it all. Huh. Wow. Where are we, Caleb? Let's continue. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. So I, I want you to think about this. We will shout hallelujah. We will, we will declare that salvation belongs to our God. But can you imagine how martyrs are going to rejoice? Can you imagine how those who were burned at the stakes, those who were sawed asunder, those who were fed to the lions, those who Nero hoisted on beams, and lit them on fire to light his garden. Those who will be killed during the tribulation period. Those who will be killed by the Antichrist himself. Can you imagine how those souls are going to rejoice? Next, please. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea. But the devil has come down to you in great wrath. Because he knows that his time is short. See, we say it now in this church age. Satan knows his time is short. And there's a grain of truth to that. But I don't think that's quite accurate compared to right here. I believe, I believe this will be real time. and Satan will know. See, what, what, what will he know? Friends, remember where we are in the book. And we're going to see it again in just a second. At this point... Of Revelation, there are 42 months left of human history. 
And you know how specific the Holy Spirit gets? He calls it time, times, and half a time. He calls it 42 months. Friends, he gets so specific, 1,260 days. Friends, that's precision. And God has it all planned out. Continue. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. Okay, so let's pause right there. Why is the dragon pursuing the woman? Why is Satan going to come after Israel? If you're going to take notes, note this thread. When God pronounced judgment in the Garden of Eden, that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. What's that mean? He's going to overcome Satan. Christ will redeem mankind. And Satan knew that. He understood it. Satan got busy with the plan. And watch the thread of history. Watch it. Say amen if you're with me. Amen. What time is it? 1212. Oh, okay. I got, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it would be interesting for you to note this. I want you to watch the thread. Satan influenced Cain to kill Abel. Why? To kill the seed. To kill the bloodline. To kill the coming Christ. But who did God raise up? Seth. You fast forward. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. The fallen angels tried to contaminate all of the DNA. But Noah was without blemish. What's that mean? His DNA was without blemish. And God destroyed the world through the flood. But who did God raise up? Who did God spare? Noah and his family. You fast forward to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And who tried to kill Jacob? His brother Esau. But God preserved Jacob, bringing the 12 sons of Jacob. And who did God preserve? Joseph, down in Egypt. 400 years later, Pharaoh rises up. And who does he try to kill? All the infants, all the young boys of Israel. But who does God preserve? Moses. Fast forward. The line of David is established. Christ will come of the tribe of the Lion of Judah. And a wicked man, a pre-Adolf Hitler named Haman Rises up, tries to exterminate all of the Jews. But who does God raise up? Queen Esther and Mordecai. For such a time as this. Then the very Son of God comes in due season. And is born of a virgin woman, Mary. And this wicked man, King Herod, once again tries to exterminate but what does God do? He preserves him. Then you fast forward to AD 70. And as we study throughout our series, this wicked man, Titus, the general, the prince of the Roman army, tries to exterminate the Jewish people. But what did Christ predict 38 years before? When you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, you get out of Judea, you get out of Jerusalem, for it's going to be crushed. And the historian Josephus tells us that the Christians who followed Jesus, they got out of the city and God spared a multitude. But from A.D. 70 
to our day, the 1900s, there was no Jewish state. It lied desolate as Daniel 9, 24, 25, and 26 predicted thousands of years before. And now you fast forward to our day, Satan raised up a demon-possessed, wicked man named Adolf Hitler. And what did he try to do? He tried to exterminate the Jews. But what did God birth out of the pain of the Holocaust? May 14th, 1948, Israel became a state. God's prophetic clock began to tick. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? You can see a thread through all of history. Why does Satan hate the Jews? Because they are God's chosen people. Now there's a doctrine called replacement theology. That some, and very good brothers and sisters in the Lord, but I disagree with them. Some try to replace Israel with the church. Jesus came to his own. His own received him not. To as many as did receive him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God, the sons of God. But I don't hold to replacement theology. My view of Israel can be found in Romans 11. Read it for yourself. God is not done with the Jews. He will restore them to the kingdom of God. And when will it come? When that dragon, that vile, cruel, red dragon, unleashes a holocaust on the earth like it's never seen. But God, for 1260 days, for three and a half years, for time, times, and half a time, he will supernaturally protect them. Let's continue. Verse 14. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and times and half a time. So let's pause there. What does this wings of an eagle mean? She was given the wings of a great eagle. What, what does that mean? Three possibilities. Could this be airplanes? Could John have seen airplanes and just... <laughs> he didn't have the vocabulary, so he says, wings like an eagle? It's very interesting. If Petra is where God has chosen, that's only 400 kilometers from Jerusalem. I don't know. Number two, could it mean the United States of America? Could it be that we will come to Israel's aid? I don't think so. It could, but it's only speculation. But ultimately, what does it mean? What did we say? 404 verses in Revelation, 800 references back to the Old Testament. And what did God tell Moses when God delivered them out of the ten plagues of Egypt and he crossed the Red Sea and he led them into the wilderness, what did God say as he gave the Ten Commandments? Tell my people, I have borne them on eagles' wings. 
So whether God uses the United States, whether God uses airplanes, that's not my concern. The point is God will supernaturally protect his people just like he did in the days of Pharaoh and just like he did in the days of the Red Sea. Amen? Next. Verse 15. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood. But the earth came to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. I think this is a reference back to Numbers. Do you remember when Korah led a rebellion against Moses and his leadership? And do you remember what God did? The earth opened up and swallowed them whole. Again, you interpret Revelation through the eyes of the Old Testament. Go ahead. And finally, verse 17, then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Wow. So watch what happened. God supernaturally protects them and God will keep them for 1260 days, for three and a half years, for time, times and half a time. The dragon is furious, and now he's going to turn his attention toward the remnant, toward the rest of the people of God. Why? Here's what you have to understand. Satan believes, and he has always believed, and he will continue to believe that he can thwart the plans of God. But friends, he can't. And that's the purpose of the book of Revelation. It's to give you and I the confidence that at times Satan may look like he's winning the battle, but he will not win the war. And so it is in your life today. If Satan's battling you, if Satan feels like he's crushing you, if there's a great battle going on in your soul today, in your life today, in your family today, in your heart today, I'm telling you on the authority of God's word, he will not win the war. He won't. That's why God gives us revelation. So don't be afraid of it. Don't be scared of it. Your God is in control of every step.